0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Baba Tehudi Wesley, great broadcasting live from New York City on Sunday, July 22nd, 2012 at 8 p.m. Eastern, and I'm grateful to be of service through this venue, and I give thanks to the One Most High, my ancestors, my guardians, and Lord, my siblings, and my lovely wife. I am an interfaith minister, a Reiki practitioner, a shaman, and a marathon runner. And as an Internet entrepreneur, I sell African drums from my website. And I encourage you to please visit my website at www.drumsofchange.com. And uh, you will find drums there to purchase that are very reasonably priced, starting at the price of uh, $29, believe it or not, and some including shipping and handling. And um, the drums come from West Africa, from Ghana, Senegal, and um, I think Kenya as well. And I look forward to you visiting our sites and uh, as, to access drums as well as the books that I feature on my show. And um, there's quite a bit of other merchandise and goods and services that you can access from my site. As well as um, there's a video of me drumming at President Obama's President Obama's inauguration back in 2008. And um, I'm very uh, excited about his um, uh, bid for reelection. And I'm on this campaign. I'm a campaign uh, campaigner, actually. And I encourage those of you who are uh, really looking forward to him being reelected to connect with me on Facebook and also to email me at babawesleygray at gmail.com. It would be great to connect and network with you and to work on behalf of um, our brother, President Barack Obama and his family. Um, so, indeed, I welcome you to the show. In our last show, we was talking about uh, uh, the secret, the magic, the law of attraction, and the concept of paying it forward, and I'm excited about uh, reviewing that, uh, what we had uh, discussed last week, and also um, uh, going further into the books which were written by Rhonda Byrne. And as I mentioned last uh, week, that I've been a, an admirer of uh, Rhonda for many years, for going on some seven years now, since she appeared on uh, Oprah Winfrey's show, uh, although I um, have a, a, a very uh, strong orientation towards metaphysics and the spiritual aspect of uh, of reality, and also ritual and uh, spiritual orientation as it relates to Mother Africa, and I am always uh, encouraged to to uh, share the books that I've read and discussions that I've had with the likes of um, Dr. Maladoma Patrice Some, the author of uh, "Of Water and the Spirit and the Healing Wisdom of Africa. I've had him as a guest on my show. As a matter of fact, my wife and I have had him as a guest at our home uh, a few years ago, a couple of years ago, actually. And um, we look forward to connecting with him when he comes to New York again. And, of course, uh, The Psychology of Slavery by Uh, Dr. Naeem Akbar, and a host of books that are germane and relevant to the African experience with regard to spiritual understanding and collective uh, unity. But uh, there are books that I read by those who are not African or not directly uh, descendants of Africa, as we all know that uh, all humanity uh, started in Africa. But there are those spirits uh, such as... uh, Rhonda Byrne, are connected with humanity from a spiritual perspective, and I, I have read her books, and uh, um, Gary Zukofsky, The Seed of the Soul, Dr. Wayne Dyer, You'll See When You Believe It, Pulling Your Own Strings, and on and on, just a host of people, Deepak Chopra, um, I mean, it's just you can spend another hour just naming names of authors who have written books which are encouraging and worthwhile reading and also assist one in their journey in this incarnation in this lifetime. So I'm really always excited about uh, sharing these books with those who are confined uh, uh, to a, a situation where they are not able to read, they don't have access to books, uh, they cannot afford to purchase a book, don't have Uh, but a computer, and that's the way most of you are listening to me, if not by phone, but uh, are not even knowledgeable that these books exist. And then, of course, those who cannot read, who cannot see, and who are confined into a a hospital or a bed, and who are really facilitated by um, brothers and sisters like myself who take the time out to produce shows like this, which is an honor and a privilege and a blessing, but... Have it so that people have access to this knowledge. So, indeed, I just have to say that every now and then uh, at the beginning of the show to let people know who haven't listened to the show and, uh, previously to know what my intent is and why I'm committed to do this. So, uh, I, I just really am um, so excited. I just noticed that my sister uh, uh, tuned in and I say hello to my sister. I send her love. Donis, uh, peace and blessings and much love to you. And I hope that you find the show to be enjoyable. Um, so, yes, we we started, uh, should I say we left off last week, talking about uh, the secret, the magic, the law of attraction, and also the concept of paying it forward. So uh, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time and also for those of you who access the I just wanted to just share a little bit about Rhonda. And she states that, that figments, or should I say fragments, of a great secret have been found in the oral traditions and literature and religions and philosophies throughout the centuries. And for the first time, all of the pieces of the secret came together in an incredible revelation that will be life-transforming for all who experience it. And she states that uh, in the book that she wrote, that she would hope that uh, you, you would learn how to use the secret in every aspect of your life, uh, with regard to money, health, um, relationships, happiness, and, and every interaction that you have in the world. And she states also that she was hoping that you'll begin to understand the hidden, untapped power that's within you, and this revelation can bring forth joy in every aspect of your life. Uh, the secret contains wisdom from the modern-day teachers, the men and women who have used it to achieve wealth, health, and happiness, by applying the knowledge of the secret, and they bring to light compelling stories of eradicating disease, acquiring massive wealth, overcoming obstacles, and achieving what many would regard as impossible. So, uh, indeed, there's many of us who recognize that the, the power of prayer, the power of positive affirmations, uh, the power of uh, of uh, p- positive thought thoughts. Indeed, there's a um, a saying of recent uh, origin that thoughts create things. And indeed, you know, uh, that's something that we all, I think, can understand the validity of that, because as you think it, so you do it. And um, and as you do it, so the results come to for as a reality, as a tangible reality. So I, I must take a break also to acknowledge those of you who are listening on the show and who are in the chat room please, I welcome you. I'm happy that you're sharing your Sunday evening with us. And if you have any comments to make, anything that you'd like to be um, uh, shared on the show, please don't hesitate to, uh, those of you who are tuning in on the phone, please push the number one button to indicate that you'd like to speak with me and the listening audience and to share your thoughts. And of course, those of you in the chat room, please feel free to uh, share your thoughts with each other. And if you would like for me to share any comments that you're uh, making, I'll be more than happy to share that on the air. So, um, yes, where did I leave off it? All right, yes, I was talking about the fact that uh, Rhonda was indicating that uh, uh, The Secret uh, brings to light, by the knowledge of many people who assisted her in creating uh, her book that she wrote titled The Secret, um, that they bring to light compelling stories of eradicating disease, acquiring massive wealth, Overcoming obstacles and achieving what many would regard as impossible now I have something to say just myself personally you know i I'm not very wealthy I'm not wealthy at all, actually other than my health and of course you've heard of the expression that health is wealth and um but in terms of having uh liquid assets of of uh legal tender of what what is called money, and I have my take on money uh that is Probably not my original thought, but I'm sure that thoughts are shared by others who have similar uh, uh, spiritual orientations and observations of, of light. But money, to me, is congealed energy. And, uh, and uh, yes, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer actually gave me the idea of, of that. He, he stated in one of his books that money being congealed energy. And I took it a step further that money in the United States especially in this this country where I live in, in New York City, the United States, of the United States, and uh, that money is a congealed energy of former slaves, those who were indentured slaves from Europe and those who were just uh, uh, captive uh, slaves, captive servants from Africa, from Mother Africa, whose blood, sweat, and tears were used to build and to start the uh, rapid growth of the economy of the United States. Uh, that indeed all the money that exists, and we're not talking about this reparation, we're talking about the fact that indeed the money, the commerce that flows through the through the, the, the hands of the, of the people at the top, that 1% in Wall Street, the bankers and so forth, they're reaping the benefits of uh, our ancestors, those who were enslaved, uh, uh, the, their blood, sweat, and tears were used to uh, farm tobacco and cotton, and other crops and to serve the masters so called masters, as it were, and were not paid a penance uh, the only uh, payment they they got was uh three mills or maybe one or two mills and and a place to sleep and and also abuse and um, I'm very clear about this you know i don't have it twisted, as my sister would like to always share with me and my and my wife uh that indeed it's very clear that uh, Money is something that uh, those of us, especially of African descent, should not have a problem with having because of the fact that, indeed, we have, uh, through the uh, efforts of our ancestors, suffered without being compensated for that suffering and paid our debt in so many ways. So this is something that I look forward to doing before I leave uh, this incarnation, before I go into transition, is to be part of the solution of bringing forth abundance into our families into our community and not just those of African descent but throughout the world uh, in, in, in countries uh, in asia and in Latin America throughout the diaspora, especially the African diaspora and within and also indeed within the European countries, wherever people are suffering, because as Malcolm said Has uh, Malik Shabaz, it is not about uh, any type of ism other than uh, it's not racism or, or classism or any type of ism. It's about humanism, and we have to be con- concerned about all of our brothers and sisters throughout the world who are suffering through lack of abundance in their lives. So it's books like The Secret, books like The Magic, the concept of the law of attraction, uh, the concept of paying it forward, which is something that I hope to be part of of the vanguard of spreading this knowledge, uh, creating the excitement, so that indeed uh, our next generation, uh, the, the children to follow, their now grandchildren's grandchildren, and their grandchildren, will have uh, not to suffer, will not have to suffer as we have suffered through the uh, the illness of, should I say, the, the the aspect of lack, as it were, and also I guess the illness is the right word. You know, because we all suffer from a certain illness in terms of uh, the feeling of lacking and also the uh, need to have uh, superfluous items and stuff in our lives. And my sister and I, a week ago, were talking about the aspect of stuff. You know, we're so conditioned to have things that we really don't need. So when we have things that we need, such as money, uh, and use it uh, constructively and with intelligence, and not uh, blunder and, and squander uh, that money that comes into this comes into our blessings uh, from uh, the universe, from the Most High. Yes, indeed, that we use it very wisely, and we use it to build homes and to uh, to save for our children's education, to invest, and to, uh, to be creative and, and wise in terms of how we invest that money. And to know that indeed, through proper knowledge of management of money, uh, that one is able to live a life, a more of a fulfilled life. And we you know that life is always going to throw us problems and 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 hurdles will be presented in front of us. But with money, though, you're able to navigate more effectively, and and to uh, to conquer those obstacles and, and challenges that come before you in our journey in life. So. Uh, Yes, let's get back without any further ado to the aspect of uh, Rhonda's book titled The Secret, and how it impacts uh, those who are exposed to it and continue to be exposed to it, to the knowledge that, that lies therein, with regard to how to use what is called magic, but it's really not magic. I mean, it's ma- every day is a magical day, of course. The fact that we're alive is a magical uh, uh, event. You know, and, and I'll get into the definition of magic more so, but this is, a, in, a, in a capsule, something that really has a ability to miraculously occur, you know, a miracle, something that's very miraculous. And there are miracles that are happening every day. The fact that we uh, are a human being is miraculous. The fact that we started no larger than the, the point of a pen, a dot, and that dot split in half, and exponentially, uh, those cells multiplied uh, exponentially from two to uh, ten, to a hundred, a thousand, hundreds of thousands, and millions, and then and then uh, thousands, and, and, and then we in we, and billions, and then of course now, as science has um, uh, arrived to this conclusion that the body, the adult body, is composed of some six to 100 trillion cells, depending on what school of thought you embrace. But we're talking about trillions, six trillions quite a bit. That's a big number. So imagine six trillion cells that started out as one cell, which divided in half. That's miraculous. So, And, and a lot of us came into being as a result of the law of attraction, our mother and father being attracted to each other. And then, of course, uh, the concept of thoughts creating things. Uh, mother and father saying, hey, why not have a child, and and then agreeing to when they will start to attempt to have a child. And I heard recently how some uh, communities in, in today decide whether they want to have a child during the summer or during the winter, uh, what month in terms of astrology. Do you want it to be a Capricorn, which is what I am? Uh, do you want it to be a Taurus, which is my sister, and or if not a lever, like my wife. Uh, indeed, all these things are, are are very real. If you go to countries like India and Africa, for that matter, it's commonplace for astrology to, astrology to be incorporated within the decision-making of everything in life, especially the birth of a child. So going back to The Secret, one of the authors, or one of the contributors to The Secret was a, a woman... Uh, of African descent. Her name is Lisa Nichols, and uh, she states that it's working as much as you're thinking. Anytime your thoughts are flowing, the law of attraction is working. When you're thinking about the past, the law of attraction is working. When you're thinking about the present or the future, the law of attraction is working. It's an ongoing process. You don't, you don't press pause, you don't press stop. It is forever in action as your thoughts are. So whether we realize it or not, we are thinking most of the time. If you're speaking or listening to someone, you're thinking. If you're reading the newspaper or watching television, you're thinking. When you recall memories from your past, you're thinking. When you are considering something in your future, you're thinking. When you're driving, when you're thinking, and you're thinking, actually, of course, and that's not good to be thinking, but so much when you're driving, only about what's uh, pertaining to your driving in front of you and and around you, so you don't have an accident. But the many times I find myself when I'm driving, I I get off in a tangent of thought. I'm driving auto, almost an automatic pilot, which is not a good thing. Uh, but that happens, and of course, what they call daydreaming, as opposed to nightdreaming. Uh, for seconds, instantaneously, you get into a thought of daydreaming. Then you uh, the black the red light comes on, and then you stop and you say, Oh my God, I got to pay attention to this, to what I'm doing. So we do that even when we're walking down the street and even crossing the street, and now we have people who are texting and uh, listening to their cell phone or talking on their cell phone, uh, inadvertently almost having accidents because of the fact that they are not aware of the fact that they cannot multitask and uh, at the same time be safe uh, unless you happen to be one who's used to doing that. And I just read something recently. I think it was yesterday, a a woman more intelligent than men, and the, and the people who were asked the question, uh, a couple of them would say, if the women would say, well, yes, indeed, in some areas. But it was, uh, surprisingly enough, the men were humbled to say that, yes, well, we know that women can multitask. And I think that's something that's wired uh, because when a woman gives birth to a child, uh, she not only has to take care of herself and the husband and, in many cases, other children, but she also has to take care of that newborn child and cook and and just do a number of things that are required within the home, whereas the man, he's, uh, I guess, he's, uh, you know, charged with going back in the early years, going out for the hunt, to make the kill, to bring the the food back, to farm the land. Um, and I guess there is a fifty-fifty thing. I don't think that anyone is more intelligent than the other. Um, you know, the men are more adept with uh, doing manual labor and figuring out how to construct. Uh, 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 buildings and uh, the math and things of that nature, because of the orientation of the boy of the child when it's a little boy with playing with toys that are geared for that type of uh, part of the brain to be stimulated, and of course the girl is nurtured is geared towards being a nurturing entity, and um, and to how to sustain the family in terms of keeping the family healthy and starting with breastfeeding the child, so. You know, there is that yin and yang balance, Uh, and depending on the perspective, one can think that one is more adept than the other, but, of course, all in the wash, it's all balanced out to be uh, of equal um, um, essence in terms of capabilities and also intelligence. So uh, Lisa Nichols goes on to say that uh, she says that whether you realize it or not, we're thinking most of the time. And then towards the end, she says, for many of us, the only time we are not thinking um, is when we are sleeping. And, uh, however, the forces of attraction are still operating on our last thoughts as we fall asleep. So she suggested you make your last thoughts before going to sleep good thoughts. And that's why it's always good to say prayer before you go to sleep, to give thanks to the Most High, uh, to ask for um, and guidance. Uh, in your journey, uh, even to ask for ask for positive dreams as opposed to night night dreams to have good dreams, and then a lot of us know that uh, when you're sleeping that you can sometimes solve problems. You can wake up with a solution to a problem that you may have had before you went to sleep. So uh, those are things to really recognize the fact that indeed there's different realities. Is the the wake dream as Wayne Dyer talks about that in his book you see it when you believe it. And then there's the uh, uh, singular wake dream, this individual. And then we have the collective dream amongst us in terms of as we interact with one another. And then you cause another level of dreaming. And then there are different levels of dreaming, uh, which uh, we will discuss later on, uh, such as astral projection, traveling, doing, doing your dreams, locations, to other planetary systems, uh, just a host of different aspects of the uh, sleep state as opposed to the wake state, which uh, the indigenous people are very much aware of, those who we call primitive. Uh, they're very clear about that reality. But as we become more and more so-called, quote-unquote, educated uh, and intellectual and we allow the ego to be at four, then, again, that's when we lose uh, that natural capacity to understand what is very real and what is very obvious. So uh, I, I'm very excited about the, the, the prospects of covering that later on in the show and following shows to, shows to follow. Uh, we have another uh, individual who was part of uh, creating The Secret and an assistant Rhonda Byrne, uh, The Book of The Secret, and his name is Michael Bernard Beckwith. Uh, he also is African-American, and um, he's a minister, Uh, of a very um, successful, uh, and he talks about, he says, creation is always happening. Every time an individual has a thought or a prolonged chronic way of thinking, they're in the creative process. Something is going to manifest out of those thoughts. So what you're thinking now is creating your future life. You create your life with your thoughts because you're always thinking and you're always creating And what you think about the most or focus on the most is what will appear as your life. Like all laws of nature, there is utter perfection in this law. You create your life whether you sow, uh, whatever you sow, you reap. Your thoughts are seeds, and the harvest you reap will depend on the seeds that you plant. So if you are complaining, and the law of attraction will powerfully bring into your life more situations for you to complain about. If you're listening to someone else complain and and focusing on that, sympathizing with them, agreeing with them in that moment, you are attracting more situations to yourself to complain about. So the law is simply reflecting and giving back to you exactly what you are focusing on with your thoughts. And with this powerful knowledge, you can completely change every circumstance and event in your entire life by changing the way you think. And I think about that, uh, no pun intended, that how um, when I go to work, even before I get to work, as people, uh, I take the subway here in New York City, and I work in the in the uh, downtown area of Wall Street, and um, this uh, it's just a uh, a transitory job that I'm doing, which will probably hopefully last a few more months. Uh, it's not shorter than that, but. Uh, the, the, I won't get into detail about the work that I'm doing and the people who I work with, but it's not a healthy environment. And I know that quite a few people, and I mean not healthy in terms of uh, emotional and spiritual health, um, because people are constantly complaining. And I, I know in the subway, when I take the subway, I see people who they're talking. A lot of times, 50% of them are complaining about the job. They're complaining about their coworkers. They're complaining about the children, about their spouse. And then those who are not complaining are tuning out. They have their uh, iPads on, and they're listening to music, and, of course, it's blaring. I was telling my wife a couple of days ago, we're going to have a a um, a, a, a generation of people who will be hard of hearing. Uh, so those of you who are, uh, have children, you want to give them an idea of what uh, profession to consider, your doctor should be definitely one of them <laughs> you know they'll definitely make a lot of money in another 15 20 years in terms of who have ear hearing problems and then of course um uh, we we have the texting uh people are texting uh you know on the train and and uh, and that's another area where they get culpal, not culpal tunnel syndrome but uh, if the indexes of the fingers are going to become arthritic, as it were, because of the constant use of that particular thumb and, and, and texting type of uh, apparatus that's needed to do to make that you know to to send the messages. So those are things where um, we have uh, it, along with the texting, texting, sending pictures of nude nudity, and that's happening amongst our children, our youth, and these things are not really healthy in terms of uh, what you think about and how people can impact upon your life. So there's a lot to say about that. But then again, the culture that we live in, especially here in the Western Hemisphere, sports is big. You know, so uh, all the sports, and they're all during the year, from baseball in the summer to football during the winter, basketball, uh, especially amongst us men. And I, I'm not included in that I, I never was a sports fanatic, as it were. Uh, I'm a marathon runner. I ran 14 New York marathons. I'm more of a participant. But as you can see from running a marathon, I think rather from running a marathon, that's more or less a solitary sport. I spent a lot of time with running by myself, thinking and meditating, as it were, uh, and cleansing my mind and, and letting the endorphins in my brain Uh, become activated. So anyone knows about the the aspect of endorphins, that chemical that your brain releases when you exert a certain amount of energy over a consistent amount of time, that uh, that's a natural relaxant. It's a a natural pain uh, relieving you from pain and anxiety and tension and stress. Um, When you make love, uh, the endorphins are released. That's why there's a certain amount of relaxation after... Uh, there's uh, intimacy between husband and wife. Um, yes, indeed, um, that also happens when you hug another person. Uh, the endorphins are are, are released. And that's why there's certain communities where hugging is uh, prevalent within the family community. Uh, hugging a child is that. You hug a child, you release the endorphins. Uh, anyone that you love in your life, uh, parents with their children, and, and relatives. And, of course, that's why people have uh, animals such as dogs and other pets uh, who they can hug, as it were, or just caress and, and stroke. That's releasing endorphins. So uh, I got on a tangent here about relaxing, didn't I? Um, so it's a good thing, though. You know, we need to relax as much as possible. I got into that we were talking about people complaining. Yes, chatter. Uh, when people complain... That does just the contrary of what the, the brain does in terms of releasing endorphins. But it does, it releases um, a, a stress chemical. The chemistry of stress starts to take hold. And uh, and, and, and I'm trying to think of the word uh, of, of the stress uh, that, that, that's released, and it comes to me. But I know that one of the things that I learned when I started becoming a vegetarian Hi, honey. My my wife just walked into the studio. How are you doing? I'm
0: fine. How are
1: you? I'm doing fantastic. I was just uh, speaking to the listening audience about uh, the secret. Yeah. And uh, how uh, uh, complaining can be a a a negative aspect of your life. Absolutely. You know, and uh, and that was a quote. It wasn't an original uh, quote, but uh, something that uh, Michael Beckworth had shared. Yes. uh, Regard to the beginning of the secret with Rhonda Byrne's book. Um, so, what is it that, that's released by animals when uh, they are about to be killed uh, in the bloodstream? Um,
0: oh, I just can't think. I the word. can't think of the term, but I know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. You know that that is released into the bloodstream. And of course, there is a school of thought that states that uh, that when it's released, that it causes you to be balance and um and that 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 is something that we many of us in the Western hemisphere have suffered from because of our quote, our diet, you know so we have to be so much aware of what happens to us by the influence of other people, by the influence of the food that we eat, especially those of us who drink alcohol and take other drugs uh to relax. yes, you might have a momentary state of relaxation and eliminating of the stress. But uh, what, what happens, though, is that there's a downside of that. As it a hangover from the alcohol, from having uh, the uh, the re- results of having an addiction, as it were, so now your body is out of kilter and, uh, and you're suffering. And you're not able to exercise these principles of a healthy aspect of the law of attractions, a uh, the, the healthy aspect of attracting abundance in your life because you're dealing with this state of lacking. Uh, with that addiction, of course, is lacking having the drugs that you need to maintain uh, a high, to maintain a drug-free uh, type of um, um, way of filling, and it's just a vicious circle. So, yes, indeed, and I speak about this from experience. You know, it's not because uh, I've been reading a book and, and it's something that's conjecture, but uh I've actually in my earlier years uh suffered from uh certain types of uh for food that wasn't healthy for me, drinking alcohol, uh and and other things that were not really uh healthy for my physical, emotional, spiritual and intellectual well being. Uh I'm gonna take a break right now for a moment and uh and again uh, you're listening to Baba Jehudi Wesley Gray. Uh the show is uh, titled Grassroots holistic health and indeed uh by the title of that book I mean of my show rather, it implies that yes, I am concerned about uh a uh holistic health lifestyle from a grassroots level so uh indeed, I invite you to come to um uh, to log in, rather to my website uh at uh blog talk radio uh grassroots holistic health and there's a juice so uh, which is uh, uh, from uh, Brazil. Acai is the name of the juice. Actually, it's called Fudovita. Vida. And um, you can access that, uh, the, the link to that, uh, from my site uh, of Blog Talk Radio, which is grassroots for this health, and receive more information about the juice and how you can access it. Also, uh, there's an article that was written by myself as a third person for Black Star News. And you can read about my um, the juice that I um, sell and that I use. My wife and I both drink it, and uh, that can be accessed at www.wesleygray.net. That's uh, w-e-s-l-e-y, g-r-a-y, dot net. And of course, my drum site, drumsofchange.com. Uh, you can purchase drums uh, which are manufactured from West Africa, countries in West Africa such as Ghana, uh, Kenya and also Senegal, starting at the very reasonable prices of uh, like $29 a drum, some including shipping and handling, and um, up to $300 for those of you who are really experienced drummers or uh, who would, would like to make a, uh, a an investment in a, a very highly crafted drum. Uh, I encourage you to go to my site at drumsofchange.com. And also, uh, you can purchase books. All the books that I feature on my show can be... Uh, purchase on my site. Uh, I have a bookstore uh, link as well as a drum store link on my site at drumsofchange.com. So, again, thank you for tuning in. I'd like you to stay tuned, and I'll be back in a moment. Again, for uh, tuning in, and we're going to continue. Uh, this is interesting. What Lisa says, uh, she, she states that you can see the law of attraction everywhere. You draw everything to yourself: the people, the job, the circumstances, the health, the wealth, the debt, the car that you drive, the community that you're living in, and you're drawing them all to you. And it's almost like a magnet. And when you think about what you bring about, you your whole life is a manifestation of the thoughts that go on in your head, and stating that this is a universe of inclusion, not exclusion. Nothing is excluded from the law of attraction. Your life is a mirror of dominant thoughts that you think, and all living things on this planet operate through the law of attraction. The difference with humans is that they have a mind that can discern. Use their free will to choose their thoughts. They have the power to intent, intentionally think and create their entire life with their mind. And then Dr. Fred Allen Wolf, a quantum physicist and lecturer and award-winning author, states that that I'm not talking to you from the point of view of wishful thinking or imaginary craziness. I'm talking to you from a deeper, basic understanding quantum physics really begins to point to this discovery. It says that you can't have a universe without mind entering into it and that the mind is actually shaping the very thing that is being experienced. If you think about the analogy of being, the most powerful transmission tower in the universe, you will see that the, the perfect correlation with Dr. Wolf's words, your, your mind thinks thoughts and the pictures are broadcast back as your life experiences. you not only you not only create your life with your thoughts, but your thoughts add powerfully to the creation of the world. If your thought if you thought that you were insignificant and had no power in this world, think again, your mind is actually shaping the world around you. The amazing work and discoveries of quantum physicists over the last eighty years have brought us to a greater understanding of the and unfathomable power of the mind, the human mind, to being able to create. And their work parallels the words of the world's greatest minds, including Carnegie, Emerson, Shakespeare, Bacon, Krishnamurti, and Buddha. And Bob Proctor, another contributor, he says, if you don't understand the Lord, that doesn't mean you should reject it. You may not understand electricity, and yet you enjoy the benefits of it. I don't know how it works, but I do know this. You can cook a man's dinner with the electricity, and you can also cook the man. Uh, well, Michael Beckworth goes on to say that oftentimes when people begin to understand the great secret, they become frightened of all the negative thoughts that they have. They need to be aware that it is, has been scientifically proven that an affirmative thought is hundreds times more powerful than a negative thought eliminates a degree of worry right then and there. He said it really does take many negative thoughts and persistent negative thinking to bring something negative into your life. However, if you persist in thinking negative thoughts over a period of time, you they will appear in your life. And if you worry about having negative thoughts, you will attract more worry about your negative thoughts and multiply them at the same time. And he states that, Decide right now that you are going to think only good thoughts. At the same time, proclaim to the universe that all your good thoughts are powerful, and that any negative thoughts are weak. And Lisa Nichols goes on to say that thank God that there is a time delay; that all your thoughts don't come too instantly. We'd be in trouble if they did. And the element of time delay serves you. It allows you to reassess. Uh, to to think about what you want, and to make a new choice. And that all your power to create your life is available right now because right now is when you are thinking. And if you have had some thoughts that will not be beneficial when they manifest, then right now you can change your thinking. You can erase your previous thoughts them with good thoughts. And time serves you because you can think new thoughts and emit a new frequency. Now, I'm going to stop here at this point to just. Reflect upon something that just came to my mind with regard to thinking and thoughts. There are some religions and uh, some spiritual schools of thought, but I'm saying that indeed um, there's some that, uh, such as Islam, and I understand that Ramadan has just has recently been practiced, uh, observed rather, which is a holy month in the uh, community of Islam. And if those of us know that in Islam you're encouraged to, play, to pray to make salat five times a day. And what you're doing then by that, doing this five times a day, that there's a period in doing that uh, preparation for prayer, doing prayer and then after prayer, that you're thinking positive thoughts. You're thinking about God. Now, then there are other religions where you just pray when you wake up, when you go to sleep, or you make you pray during before you're about to eat, say grace, you know. And then there's some religions where you're chanting. Hmm?
0: Well, also in Christianity, mm-hmm. not for nothing, uh, in the Book of Ecclesiastes, yes. the preacher says, "Whatsoever things are true, yes. whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things." are lovely, whatsoever things are of good rapport. Mm. If there be any virtue and if there be any grace, think on these things. Uh, uh, so even, you know, you know, within all the major, some type of reference to keeping your mind yes. focused on things that are above mm-hmm. as opposed to those things that are below.
1: Absolutely. Good thought, good, good good, good, share.
0: That's a beautiful verse.
1: Yes, yes, I, I'm looking forward to reading that verse.
0: Book of Ecclesiastes.
1: Okay, great. I'm happy you shared that, hon. Because, yes, indeed, all the major religions have a orientation of encouragement of prayer, of encouragement of contemplation of the Most High, and and things that are holy and high, a high-end elevation of spiritual awareness. So uh, it, it says a lot, though, that... Indeed, as you're thinking about these good things, as you think about good things happening in your life, then action, you're bringing this energy into your life.
0: Absolutely.
1: That's profound.
0: In your mind, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what you focus most in your mind, but as we talk about so many times, Mm -hmm. especially here in our Western society, we're not programmed to think about those things that are good, pure, lovely, just that have good rapport. Uh,
1: and We
0: think about greed and we think about what we don't like about our neighbor or our boss. Or, you know, we, those are the things, unfortunately, that we keep in the forefront of our minds, and that's why people are saying that the law of attraction isn't working. Yes, it is working, uh-huh. but what people don't realize is that it's it's working for the things that – you're not aware that you're always <laughs> holding in your mind. Uh-huh. And the few times that you think about something good, pure, honest, just, lovely, or good rapport, it's not acting on those things because that's not what you keep in the forefront. And yeah. that's why the law of attraction isn't working for people mm. the way they want it to. It is working. Oh, yeah. They just don't realize it's working on the things that they hold in their heart and hold in their subconscious. Many times they're not even aware of this. We cleanse ourselves. We have to cleanse ourselves. Mm. As
1: our bodies Ah, yes, yes, yes So, yes, there's, there's a lot to say in terms of cleansing And I know that uh, that's something that I, I learned from you And it was influenced with you It was a spiritual bath Spiritual bath,
0: absolutely And, and
1: uh, I used to always uh, keep oils on me mm-hmm. To stay anointed and what have you Which is good, burning incense
0: Absolutely
1: But the spiritual baths, you know, are so important you know, to keep yourself in a state of cleanse, cleanliness. And, of course, as I was mentioning about Islam, before they pray, they actually clean. You could to clean the face, clean the ears, the feet, the hands.
0: Absolutely.
1: So there's a so lot to say in terms of uh, the practices of various religions and various spiritual orders in terms of uh, being clean. Number one, clean in, in, in thought as well as clean with your body being clean. And and then of and then understanding and that words. and our words, right. The choosing your words, as um Don Miguel Ruiz states in his book The Four Agreements. of yeah. uh, having impeccable speech, uh not making assumptions, doing your best and not taking anything personal. But the impeccable speech is so so important. And uh as we know, cursing is something that is is uh haram as they say in Islam. Uh, something that's uh, a negative. Uh, uh, every orientation has a understanding that indeed cursing, especially cursing the Most High, using the Lord's name with the curse word, you know, definitely a negative thing to do. But we're conditioned to think that indeed it's okay to do this, that when we're angry we can, we can use the Lord's word in vain. And then uh, not understanding that... Uh, um, that that just resets and negates all any positive law of attraction energy that you've been trying to bring forth. Yes, so indeed, I, I'm happy that you shared that with, with us in terms of those books in the Bible.
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: very profound. So uh, Lisa Nichols goes on to say, she says, that thank God that there's time delay, that all of your thoughts don't come true instantly. We'd be in trouble if they did. And the element of time delay serves us. It allows us to reassess, to think about what we want, and to make a new choice. All of your power to create your life is available right now because right now is when you're thinking. If you had had some thoughts that will not be beneficial when they manifest, then now you can change your thinking. You can erase your previous thoughts by replacing them with good thoughts. And then time serves you because you can think new thoughts and emit a new frequency now, so uh um, that's something to say about now always a aspect of you being able to do what is necessary to be done now, for the positive for the better and then Joe Fatali, another contributor, he states that you want to become aware of your thoughts and choose your thoughts carefully, and you want to have fun with this because. You are the masterpiece of your own life. You are the Michelangelo. You are your own life. The David the, the David you are sculpting is you. And indeed, one way to master your mind is to learn to quiet your mind. And without exception, every teacher in this book uses meditation as a daily practice. It wasn't until I discovered the secret that I realized how powerful meditation can be. Uh, meditation quiets your mind. It helps you to, to control your thoughts and it revitalizes your body. And the great news is that you don't have to sit aside or set aside hours to meditate. You Just just three to ten minutes a day to begin with can be incredibly powerful by gaining control over your thoughts. To become aware of your thoughts, you can also set the uh, intention. I am the master of my thoughts. Say it often. Meditate on it. And as you hold to that intention by the law of attraction, you must become that. You are now receiving the knowledge that will enable you to create the most magnificent version of you. The possibility of that version of you already exists on the frequency of the most magnificent version of you. Decide what you want to be, what you want to do and have, and and think the thoughts of it. Emit the frequency, and your vision will become your life so the secret of life is the law of attraction the law of attraction says that like attracts like. so when you think a thought you are also attracting like thoughts to you and that thoughts are magnetic and thoughts have a frequency and as you think thoughts they are sent out into the universe and they magnetically attract all like things that are on the same frequency everything sent out returns to the source which is you. You are like a a human transmission tower transmitting a frequency with your thoughts. And if you want to change anything in your life, change the frequency by changing your thoughts. Your current thoughts are creating your future life. What you think about the most or focus on the most will appear as your life. Your thoughts become things. Please stay tuned We'll take a break for a moment, and we'll be right back. I'm back, and thank you for tuning in and holding on. And, uh, yes, as we were talking about thoughts creating things, uh, that was from The the Magic, the book called, I'm sorry, the, the Secret. And I'm about to share something with you from Rhonda Burns' the book, The Magic. And because I will be oscillating back and forth from these two books, sharing these thoughts, which I consider to be uh, profound and perhaps uh, can be as uh, inspirational to you as they have been to me as well as my wife. Uh, The following passage comes from the Gospel of Matthew in the Holy Scriptures, and it has mystified, confused, and been misunderstood by many people over the centuries. And it simply states, whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. So, she goes on to state that you have to admit that when you read the passage, it appears unjust, as it seems to be saying that the rich will get richer and the poor will get poorer. But there's a riddle to to be solved in this passage, a mystery to uncover. And when you know it, in a new world, will have opened up for you as we begin to understand this. The answer to the mystery is that is that one that has eluded so many for centuries and it is in one hidden word, and that word is gratitude. Being thankful for what you have. So whoever has gratitude will be given more. He or she will have an abundance. Whoever does not have gratitude even what he or she has will be taking from him or her. So by, by this revelation of our hidden, of this hidden word, uh, a cryptic text is made crystal clear. 2,000 years have passed since these words have re- were recorded, but they are so true today as they ever were. And if you don't take the time to be grateful, you will never have more. And what you do have, you will lose. And the promise of the magic that will happen with gratitude is in these words. If you're grateful, you will be given more, and you will have an abundance. And then, from the Quran, the promise of gratitude is equally emphatic. And it states that, and remember, when God proclaimed, if you are grateful, I will give you more. But if you are ungrateful, verily my punishment is indeed severe. It doesn't matter what religion you follow or whether you're religious or not. These words from the Holy Scriptures and the Quran apply to you and your life. They are describing a fundamental law of science of the universe. And it's universal law. Gratitude operates through the universal law that governs your whole life. And according to the law of attraction, which governs all the energies in our universe, from the information of of an atom, or should I say, the formation of an atom to the movement of the planets? Like attracts light. It's because of the law of attraction that the cells of every living creature are held together, as well as the substance of every material object in our life. The law operates on your thoughts and feelings, and because they are energy too. And so, whatever you think, whatever you feel, you're attracted to you. If you think I don't have I don't like my job, I, I don't have enough money, I, I can't find my perfect partner, I can't pay my bills, I think I'm I'm coming down with something, he or she doesn't appreciate me, I don't get along with my parents, my child is a problem, my life is a mess, or my marriage is in trouble, then you most you must attract more of those experiences because you're thinking about them. But if you think about what you're grateful for, like I love my job, my family is very supportive, I've had the best vacation ever, I feel amazing today, I got the biggest tax refund ever, or I had a great weekend camping with my son, I can say myself I had a great day today just being with my wife, exercising together, walking together, running together. And these things make you feel good, and you sincerely feel the gratitude. The law of attraction says that you must you must attract more of those things into your life. It works in the same way as metal being drawn to a magnet. Your gratitude is magnet, magnetic, and the more gratitude you have, the more abundance you magnetize. It's the universal law. So you will have heard things and sayings such as whatever goes wrong comes around, You reap what you sow, and you get what you give. Well, all of those things are describing the same law. And they're also describing the principle of the universe that the great scientist Sir Isaac Newton discovered. And Newton's scientific discoveries included the fundamental laws of motion in the universe, one of which says each uh, for every action always has an opposite and equal reaction. So when you apply the idea of gratitude to Newton's law, it says that every action of giving thanks always causes an opposite reaction of receiving. And what you receive will always be equal to the amount of gratitude you're given. And that means, and this means, that every action of gratitude sets off a reaction of receiving. And the more sincerity and the more deeply grateful you feel, in other words, the more gratitude you give, the more you will receive. So uh, that says a lot. I was telling my wife a couple of weeks ago as I was reading The Magic for the first time that what resonates through the book is the the words, the two words, and those two words are thank you. And uh, Rhonda suggests that when you wake up in the morning that as soon as you open your eyes, you thank the Most High, you thank God, you thank the universe that here's another day of life that you have, giving gratitude. When you put both feet on the floor, thank you. When you walk into the bathroom to take the shower, thank you for me having the uh, the home and the bathroom and, and a shower or a tub where I can clean myself.
0: Running water.
1: Thank you for this running water. Do you, do you know that there are millions and millions of people through, in certain parts of the world who don't have water to bathe in? And if they do have water to bathe, then they're not able to bathe their whole body. Mm-hmm. And they have to share the same water, in some cases, with other members of their family. Yeah. And then, in some cases, the water that they bathe in actually is shared by animals and, and contaminated waters. We won't get into that. But the thing is, is that, yes, being grateful for water. Uh, in, in our household, I've uh, initiated uh, a habit of not pouring water down the drain. If it's not necessary, I will take water from the water cooler even. And if I don't drink it, or something happens to it that I think I might, it might not, it might be contaminated. I'll water a plant in our house. I'll go out in the backyard and water a plant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, we do not waste water. We had uh, our brother, our spiritual brother, Malodomeno domisome, who visited us as a guest. And his people. One of the things I learned before I even met him from his book, uh, the the uh, uh, of water and the spirit was that his community suffered from lack of water. They had to walk miles every day to get water. Okay. So we've committed ourselves to committing our brothers and sisters and uh, of of the um, of his tribe and and Pakuna uh, Fasal uh, uh, to facilitate them with getting uh, water, uh, to be facilitated with accessing water in a more timely fashion, uh, facilitating them with uh, abundance in their lives, and that's something that we are committed to doing through our particular uh, temple and through our foundations that we are creating. So enough now, uh, not enough, but we've been speaking about gratitude, and I want to move on into other areas. Um, the one thing, i we can't get away from the gratitude piece, which we never really can get away, but we can get into other areas of, of thought. Uh, the, the, the Golden Thread of Gratitude, dating back uh, to thousands and thousands of years to the earliest, earliest recordings of humankind. And by the way, I must indicate that I know my shows would normally be a, an hour, but for this particular show, I decided to make it an hour and a half of I, I my wife. But I just wanted to cover as much as I could in this, uh, this segment so that, indeed, it would require an hour and a half of, uh, of a broadcast. Uh, but the show is normally an hour, beginning from eight until nine o'clock. But dating back uh, thousands and thousands of years to the elder, earliest recordings of humankind, the power of gratitude was preached and practiced. And from the, these preachings uh, uh, and practices, there was passed through the centuries, sweeping across the continents, permeating, permeating one civilization and culture to the to the next. Uh, The major religions of Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Buddhism, Sikhism, and Hinduism all have gratitude at their core. Muhammad said that gratitude for the abundance you've received is the best insurance that the abundance will continue. Buddha said that you have no cause for anything but gratitude. Lao Tzu said that if you rejoice in the way things are, the whole world will belong to you. Krishna said that whatever he is offered, he accepts with joy. And King David King David spoke of giving thanks to the whole world for everything between the heavens and the earth. And Jesus said that thank you before he performed each. So from the Australian Aborigines uh, to the African Maasai and Zulu, From the American Navajo, Suwannee, and Cherokee, to the Tahitians, Eskimo, the Maori, the practice of gratitude is at the very root of most indigenous traditions. When you arise in the morning, give thanks for the morning light, for your life and strength. Give thanks for your food and the joy of living. And if you see no reason for giving thanks, the fault fault lies with yourself. And that's... uh, written by a quote from Tikumish, 1768 to 1813, a Swanee Native American leader. I said Swanee that's S-H-A-W-N-E-E, Native American leader here in the United States. History is laden with famous figures who practice gratitude and whose achievements put them in amongst the greatest human beings who have ever lived. We talk about Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King Jr., the Dalai Lama, Malcolm X, Leonardo da Vinci, Plato, Shakespeare, Aesop, Blake, Emerson, uh, W.B. Du Bois, Dr. Ben Johanan, Dr. Henry Clark, the Cartes, Lincoln, Jung, Newton, Einstein, and many more. So Albert Einstein's um, observation, his scientific discoveries changed the way that we see the universe. And when asked about his monumental achievements, he spoke only of giving thanks to others. One of the most brilliant minds of all time thanked other people over a 100 times a day for the work that they had done. So he's think of that. Einstein, he actually practiced every day over a hundred times a day, thanking those whose shoulders he stood on, those who paved the way for him to make the discoveries that he made. It is of no wonder that so many of life's mysteries were revealed to Dr. Albert Einstein. It is of no wonder that Albert Einstein makes some of the greatest scientific discoveries in history. He practiced gratitude every single day of his life, and in return... He received many forms of abundance. Newton was asked how he had achieved the scientific discoveries that he made. He said that he stood on the shoulders of giants. Isaac Newton recently voted the greatest contributor to science and humankind, was also grateful to those men and women who lived before him. The scientists, philosophers, inventors, discoverers who reap these results, and most were aware of its inherent Power. Yet, still, gratitude's power is unknown to most people today because the experience to magic and the the exposure to magic of gratitude in your life, and you haven't been able to practice. And I must also state that, uh, you know, without becoming political or or without becoming one-sided in terms of an observation, but many, many discoveries were made in Mother, my brothers and sisters. Uh, from Mother Africa, our ancestors of people of African descent. And there's a school of thought that states that, indeed, uh, that all the high sciences sciences came from uh, men and women, Mother Africa, who were born there. So uh, I won't get into that into deep discussion today, but that will be discussed later on in the future shows. And I think it's very uh, important that we recognize uh, the parallel uh, discoveries, if not parallel discoveries, the discoveries that were made by those of European descent as opposed to African descent, and to to understand that there is a need to keep it real, you know, to not get it twisted, as my sister would say, that indeed uh, this knowledge, and not to be challenged, but to also to be inclusive, so that in, that those who are listening and, and who are listening uh, in the archives and who share these uh, the shows that I'm sharing, will understand that I look to be holistic in my interpretation of the review, so that it's uh, indeed very inclusive of all of us, humanity, and especially coming from uh, the uh, so-called uh, science, higher science of humanity, that we keep it real. So uh, my story is a perfect example uh, of what life is like when a person is ignorant of gratitude and what happens when you make gratitude a part of your life. If I had been asked six years ago, if I was grateful, or should I say a grateful person, I would have answered, yes, for sure, I'm a grateful person. I say thank you and when I receive a gift and when someone opens the door for me or when a person does something for me. The truth is I was not grateful, and this is uh, Rhonda Byrne speaking, as I'm paraphrasing. I didn't know what being grateful really meant, and just saying the words thank you on the odd occasion certainly didn't make me a grateful person. My life without gratitude was pretty challenging at the time. I was in debt and it was increasing a little bit more every month. I worked really hard, but my finances never improved. In trying to keep up with the mounting debt and obligations, I was living with a continuous undercurrent of stress. My relationships swung like a pendulum from fair to disastrous because I never seemed to have enough time for each person. While I was uh, what would I felt exhausted at the end of each day, and I always got my fair share of codes and the latest illnesses going around each season. I had moments of happiness when I went out with friends and when I went on vacation, but then the reality of having to work harder to pay for those pleasures would sweep over me. So I wasn't living. I, I was surviving from day to day, from paycheck to paycheck. I would no sooner solve one life problem than more problems would appear. But then something happened that would change everything in my life from that day forward. I discovered the secret about life. As a result of my discovery, one of the things I began to do was practice gratitude each day. And as a result of this, everything in my life changed. The more I practiced gratitude, the more miraculous were the results. Life truly became magical. For the first time in my life, I became debt free. And shortly after that, I had all the money I needed to do whatever I wanted. Problems in my relationships, work, and health disappeared. And instead of with daily obstacles, my days became filled with one good thing after. My health and energy increased dramatically, and I felt better than I had in my 20s. My relationships became much more meaningful. And I enjoyed more good times with my family and friends in just a few months than I had in all the previous years. More than anything else, happier than I thought it was possible to feel. I was blissful, happy I've ever been, and gratitude changed me in my whole life magically. So there's something to say about uh, the word gratitude. There's something to say about the two words, thank you. So, uh, yes, there's a way in which we are able to bring the magic back into our lives, bring it into our life, rather. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what your current circumstances, the magic of gratitude will change your entire life. And I must state that I've met some people uh, throughout my years, and whenever I saw them, they would share with me how grateful they were. They would share with them, with me how grateful they were to see me, and then I, in turn, would share that with them as well. Throughout the years of recent, um, I've become very much aware that I have to be very careful about who I share my time with, uh, especially those who show me that they're not really in a state of gratitude because as you're not in a state of gratitude you become uh, taken into their particular energy, their forceful into their frequency. So there's a lot to say about that. I think I mentioned that in the, in the previous show that one has to be very careful about who you uh, surround yourself with, people, places, and, and things. You have to be very, very clear, very, very careful about who you surround yourself with, and that uh, also understanding that if you're not in the right state of mind that you should keep it to yourself and meditate, cleanse yourself, pray, and do not contaminate other people with your negative energy if you're in a state of uh, negative energy, if you're depressed, if you're dealing with negative thoughts, right? Stay alone and then go through whatever rituals you can incorporate into your life so that indeed you can bounce back so that you can fragmentate that energy, reset your energy, your frequency, as it were, so that, indeed, as you're around people, that you're exuding uh, uh, not just confidence and a good attitude, but a state of gratitude. So, I, again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, it's about 17 after 9, and uh, I'm looking forward to continuing reading uh, from... Uh, the magic, and also the secret. Quotes that were uh, shared with us uh, from Rhonda Byrne and her colleagues, uh, her spiritual colleagues, uh, as they talk about the aspect of the secret. And this really revealing what's been been known for thousands of years, uh, this reality and this concept of the secret and also of magic. Uh, There's something to say about the fact that that uh, as uh my spiritual brother, who states, uh, stated to me actually face-to-face, he was our house guest for five days, uh, that his particular community, the elders, and uh, as they initiate the, the youngsters, um, uh, that they experience magic every day, deep, deep, heavy-duty magic. Uh, but a lot of this is experienced in the unseen world. And, and other world uh, realities, which is something to say that, that that's very real. Uh, we're led to believe in the Western Hemisphere that indeed uh, that our planetary system is the only system, that this Earth uh, uh, sphere that we live in, uh, Gia, is the only planet that's capable of inhabiting uh, um, living beings. And, uh, of course, that we know those of us who... Are uh, learn it, and, and who have investigated and opened our minds to other possibilities, understand it, this is not necessarily true. Uh, they've proven scientifically within our particular sphere, our circle of science, as it were, which is limited, that there are some 100 billion galaxies. Not 100 million, not 100, not 100 million, but 100 billion Scientifically proven, that number has been uh, ascertained, has been determined. So if there are 100 billion galaxies, then it stands to reason that they, there's a possibility that there's another uh, planetary system um, a, a, that has a similar planet to Earth. And if not one, at least stretching the imagination, there's many. And then, of course, there are many other planets, as stated in the Bhagavad Gita and Srivang Bhagavatam, these are books from India, uh, that uh, there are indeed other planetary abodes which have living entities. uh, That As Mahlodomi talks about in his book of Word and the Spirit, that even uh, the Mother Earth has beings that live underground in the core of the Earth. And uh, and they're they're not seen and you cannot connect with them uh, if you are not initiated if you're not uh, in a certain realm of consciousness uh, they are not uh, available for you to interact with uh, and of course then there are those of us who know that there's uh, entities called angels guardians fairies all of these entities are real uh, but because we don't have the empirical knowledge most most times, you know, we can't uh, determine their existence through the five senses, then we're led to believe that uh, they're not real. Um, But that's not the case, as you know. Uh, We are not uh, humans sometimes having a spiritual experience. Indeed, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And um, that's the beginning of, of being able to develop the habit of being thankful, of being grateful, because we know that, indeed, this life that we have, this body that we have, uh, is really a gift. Uh, It's on loan, for that matter. You know, we don't own this body. Uh, It's just being used as a facilitator for our soul, a facilitator for our spirit, to do things that we need to do to uh, heal ourselves, to heal the splintered part of us, as Gary Zukav talks about in his book, The Seed of the Soul that we all are splintered beings, and that's why we incarnate on this Mother Earth, so that we can become healed, so that we can repair what needs to be repaired. And then once that happens, we do not come back again. We go into other uh, planetary, other boats, other living areas of reality. So uh, I hope that I can be uh, of service in that area. I hope that this show has served uh, this evening, served the... uh, the the uh, desire and, and the the need to have certain thoughts to be to be generated and stimulated, so that it, because all the knowledge is within us. By the way, you know everything that that we need to know is the dwelling within inside of us, with inside of our psyche. And the only thing that I do and others such as myself uh, is to for, provide the venue to be the facilitator so that this energy, so this knowledge can come to surface. And then, of course, we all are teachers. We all are students, and we all are teachers. Each one, each one, teach one. So uh, I I hope to be as much of a a student as I can humbly be a teacher and a facilitator. So, uh, again, I thank all of you for tuning in, and we look forward to you coming back with us again next week. Uh, to listen to uh, me share more about uh, The Secret and the Magic by Rhonda Byrne. All right, so, uh, yes, I want to do this also, uh, before I forget, talk about uh, uh, two um, websites that I have, and you can access them. And they're dealing with uh, creating abundance in your life. So please uh, write this down if you have a pen handy. Uh, that's, uh, www.babawesleygray.com, that's B-A-B-A-W-E-S-L-E-Y-G-R-A-Y.com, and also info. Um, and those are two sites that I have which will, uh, explain how you can take a few dollars, um, uh, actually not a few, actually $100, $125, and leverage that so that it can multiply into uh, thousands and thousands of dollars. And then the other site will, uh, once you uh, make money with the initial site, then the other site will allow you to uh, take a couple of hundred dollars, uh, beginning at 500 I believe it is, and have that multiply into hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I'm beginning to use this show as a venue uh, this particular topic of discussion of abundance and the secret and magic, to promote those two sites so that we can create abundance amongst ourselves. And I'm not going to explain the details. You have to go to the site, and there's a video explaining uh, how it works, and uh, there's a newscast from one of the major uh, television stations that talks about this new phenomenon. And um, and then I encourage you to connect with me, um, Barbara Wesley Gray, uh, dot gmail I'm sorry dot Bob Wesley Gray at gmail dot com uh, those of you who would like to become active with what I'm doing I definitely would enjoy uh, corresponding with you talking with you and uh, through that site I would also give you my phone uh, which you can access me uh, my cell phone number actually is 201 320 7396 that's 201 320 Nine, six. And it would be a pleasure to speak with you. And also those of you who are supporting uh, President Obama, you know that I told you earlier in the show that I'm campaigning on his behalf, and it would be a pleasure if you are supporting him and campaigning and whatever work that you're doing on behalf of him being elected, please outreach to me so that uh, we can talk about and share thoughts of, and, and talk about his re-election efforts so we can assist him to become uh, Re elected. So, again, thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, I look forward to you uh, coming back with us next week. And again, my name is Baba Tuhudi Wesley Gray, and we're broadcasting live uh, from New York City on Sunday, July 22nd. Um, and I, the name of the show is Grassroots Holistic Health Talk Radio. Uh, I end each show as I begin by giving Uh, Thanks to the Most High, with gratitude to our dear beloved Most High. uh, Dear God, we give this evening to you. May our minds stay centered on the things of Spirit um, and goodness, and may we not be tempted to stray from love. As we begin this week, we open to receive you. Please enter where you already abide. May our minds and hearts be pure and true, and may we not deviate from the things of goodness. May we see the love and innocence in all mankind. Behind the mask and the illusions of this worldly plane, we surrender to you our doings today, and we ask only that they serve you and the healing of the world. May we bring your love and goodness with us to give unto others wherever we go, and make us the people that you would have us be. Direct our footsteps and show us what you would have us do. Make the world a safer, more beautiful place, and bless all your creatures. Slow us all, dear Lord, and use us that we might know the joy of being used by you. Uh, We thank you again. Tune into the uh, chat room. I give thanks, send you love and blessings. And uh, those of you who called in, I send love and blessings to you. And I encourage you to please spread the word and share with your friends and family and colleagues about uh, Grassroots Holistic Health Talk radio show. It would be a pleasure to uh, share my thoughts with them as well. And I say Namaste, shalom, assalamu alaikum, one love, peace, and blessing. God bless. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.